Welcome to the Sooner Catholic Podcast. Today we're talking about yesterday's talk, which is, or which was rather, faith or works are Catholics saved. Uh, a good talk by a good friend, Trevor Brecca. You might know him as the co-host of the last 30 episodes. <laughs> uh, but Trevor, before we dive into the talk, um, yeah, you're, you're just what, a, a week or two, really who knows out from, from having your first child. What are, what are some thoughts as you are, are going into fatherhood? <clears throat> that could be a whole podcast on its own. Um, I think I'm shortly. I, I'd say that I'm I'm really pumped. Um, that's it. That's kind of an understatement. I'm just thrilled, man. Like I, I can't wait to meet the child. Um, I just like not knowing the gender. I just like I, I'm so excited to just like have the baby come out and just like yeah to welcome my son and daughter like into this world. Wow. Um, well, out of the womb into the world. Um, yeah, and I, I like I, it's a surreal feeling. Like. I've never undergone anything like this in my entire life to this point. So I'm just very thrilled at the, the ways that God is like at work in our marriage and like producing like life from it. And mm. it's just a great gift to us. Um, so yeah, I'm super stoked. Um, I'm obviously pretty nervous too, cause I've never <laughs> gone through a birth before. I've never been present for a birth before besides my own and I don't remember it. So, um, so I, I think, I think that it will be a, uh, yeah, something that's going to be hard and difficult, beautiful all at the same time. Um, so I'm excited to just be with Kenzie the whole way and to, to be to be by her side and, and hopefully to be of some assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of nervousness, but I'd say a lot more excitement. We're, we're thrilled, man. We're super thrilled. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Um, having having a child, like the, the day that the child is born, it's kind of like your marriage day. It's like the best day of your life that you'd never do again. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying, um, and so it's just like amazing. Every moment of it's absolutely amazing, and every moment of it is like you're thankful that the, that the previous moment is is done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it's really not so much for that day, but for the rest of of your days after. So I'm, a, dude, I'm, a, I'm so excited, dude. Um, crazy. Yeah, we, could I, have to leave in the middle of this podcast. Oh, oh, Mackenzie, hey. <laughs> 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 oh my god i know i was like that's so loud okay so so we're gonna get into it last night's talk was the first uh of the apologetic series uh, are catholics saved faith or works and um yeah tell me tell me some some thoughts you you maybe had uh, that you weren't able to share last night or maybe that you're going home you're like man i really just want like people to understand this like what what was on your heart or mind last night yeah that's that's a good question because i you know I said this when I entered the talk last night, but man, one of the biggest topics in theology t- to date, right? Like, it, I mean, it's it's the source um, of one of the greatest like um, rifts that the church has ever experienced, right? So it's 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 a it's a it's a topic attached to a lot of emotional takes with people. It's a topic attached to a lot of different strong opinions, um, and it's one that like has been debated for the past five hundred years. So I think, in as much as that's the case, 30 minutes was not exactly uh, enough to cover it all. A couple of the things that I was really like wanting to convey afterwards too, I don't think, <clears throat> I, I didn't go into like a lot of specific verses that kind of um, connect um, the the role of works in salvation. Um, I did it for a couple of reasons that I didn't get into it. One, I didn't want people to get uh, distracted in the specific arguments. I wanted them to stay on the vision of the Catholic view of salvation. But two, I think... Um, yeah, it, it's just like it would take a long time to go into each of each verses that are that are being referenced, uh, right? So you could have like a lot of verses that are pretty commonly thrown out. I'd say in these conversations with Protestants, you know, Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine, Romans three twenty eight, 
um, Romans chapter four. Like there, there's a lot of places that I go to be like, yep, here we are. Here's the places where you're going to, you're going to bring this up at some point in discussion. And then I could go to places like James chapter two, where he says faith without works is dead. Or I could go to, you know, places where, um, in, in Romans chapter two, verses six and seven, where Paul says by your works, you know, you will be, you will be judged. Um, there, there's like different places that someone could go. And I didn't really want to get into the mire of that, but I, but I was excited because someone came up afterwards and we had a conversation about those specific verses. So I was like, I was like, man, I did my homework for a reason. Okay. This is good. Um, yeah. So I, I guess what I, what I wish a couple things I wish I would have included was one, just more, I guess, specific arguments for why it's necessary for us to engage in like different works of, of cooperation in this life. And in order to allow Jesus to continue to conform us to himself. Um, and two, maybe just like, helping people to see how um, these things, prayer, acts of charity, um, receiving the sacraments, how I guess that's going to be the point of a lot of future apologetic talks that we're going to have in the next couple of weeks is like to expound upon those and like what does it look like to engage in those uh, well. So, yeah, that's my initial thoughts. That's really, really good. Uh, a, a big theme that you were talking about last night was the um, was just like the, the, the inward being of man and that God desires to renew us. <coughs> completely from the inside out and that's uh that's a part of of the salvation that he's seeking to bring us is is a salvation from uh not just sin sin at large but the effects of sin that, that we continue to to battle in this life um mm-hmm. I, I what would you what would you say about about this uh idea that that uh like how much do you think salvation has to do with the heart of of the individual uh and i'm thinking about that in terms of like uh, we, when we talk about like the the proclamation the proclamation of Jesus as Lord and we and and that coming from uh, you know from a, a verse of like from the fullness of the heart the mouth speaks right so like it, it would be maybe representing the a, a heart that that longs for God and also maybe the effects of, of these works that we do these fruits of love is, is the effects of that it has on our heart and openness and receptivity to to, to Christ and to surrender to him well what would you say about the, the correlation between salvation and, and our heart and its disposition towards God and neighbor? Yeah, I think this gets into like <clears throat> the the parts where I was reflecting on like what is, what is heaven? Because Christ like in, in coming and in, in the incarnation, like his, his desire is to conform our nature to his own, right? Um, he, his desire is to like to, to rebuild a new nature, right, within us that, 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 is, that is like him. Um, and so I think why that matters in terms of what you're speaking of the heart is that it, is it transforms the heart to, to, to beat with God's, God's own heart. Like it transforms the heart to, to think and to look and to view and to act and to live and to be from a place of love. Right. So, so Jesus, it's, 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 uh, it's a particular beauty of the incarnation. I think something that we often don't ponder enough is why is it that the son is the one who came? So reveal, you know, like why is the Son the one that became man? Uh, why was it not the Father or the Holy Spirit? Um, and I think an interesting thing to reflect on in that, as regards to the heart, is that the Son is this model of what does it look like for us to claim ourselves as children of God, um, right? The Son, who we know just from divine revelation and in the lights and insights He's given to to the, to the different fathers of the Church and how the Church has understood the Trinity. Like, what is the Trinity? Is that the Son is receiving the Father's love? from all of eternity, right? The son, the son is, is completely receptive to all that the father wishes to give him. Right. And he, he receives that gift and gives everything back to the father in this beautiful, like self exchange where nothing is held back. So I think in terms of our hearts, 
we are, Jesus is calling us into his likeness, into his nature, so that our hearts can know what it's like to, to be a son, to never live in a place of insecurity, to never live in a place of fear, but to live in the, in the place that, that the son lives, which is like complete trust of the father, receiving the father's love and like allowing that, that love to, to, to change the heart. Well, it doesn't change Jesus' heart because it can't be changed, God, uh, right? But, but for our case, right, to change our broken hearts like into more into this divine life. I don't know if that answers your question directly, yeah, yeah. but I think it has something to do with this idea of like our cooperation in, in through faith and in works corresponding to that faith and in cooperation with that faith, like looks like allowing the father to pour out his love lavishly on us and learning how to receive as sons and daughters so that it is given back to him and to, to his, to his people fully. Yeah. That's really, really good. That's really good. I, so there's, there's kind of like, um, uh, like two different things is making me think of is, is one is like, a a reality that, that we're more able to perceive and one that we're not. <clears throat> and so like it, it would make sense on, on one level that, that, uh, as we as we grow in faith, as we surrender our life to Christ, and as uh, the the things that we do, the works of love that we do, continue to form our heart and to mold our hearts, so that we're more receptive to Christ and, and surrender more to Him uh, and love neighbor and, and these different um, like the different thing, the truths that Scripture speaks of. Yeah. That so that that's like the one thing that we can perceive. But then like, there's a kind of an unperceivable nature, which is like this new creation, this new being. Yeah. Um, so. I want you to talk a little bit about like baptism, right? So, so there's, there's repentance. Um, and usually repentance in the gospel is usually proclaimed alongside baptism. So like repent and be baptized. Right. And that's a, that's a call that the early church is, is making in acts. And, uh, it just seems like it's, they're constantly together and, and talk a little bit about like the, the differences between, uh, maybe how repentance and baptism are, are viewed in a lot of Protestant denominations and how they're viewed in, in the Catholic Church. Yeah, this is good. So um, this is a really big um, issue, especially today. So again, I prefaced this last time in the talk, but if you're listening to this and you weren't at the talk, uh, when we speak of Protestants, when I speak of Protestants, like, I, I don't have the same ability to speak like I do when I say Catholics believe because, again, there's not a unified system of belief, hence hence the 30,000 different denominations, right? So the, so. And I'm not saying this is like an attack or anything like like it's simply it would actually be an attack to, to speak of them as a unified body because it would be reducing you know the different positions. So anyway, that preface aside, Catholics right believe in in the sacraments, the seven sacraments, and what we believe is that there are signs that Jesus gives us, physical realities that that convey um, some manner of spiritual truth, but that the, that the signs are not like disconnected from the reality. Right, so, so that water and, and the specific prayers, like and the specific words of I baptize in you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, like both of those are necessary. The words and the actions, ritual words, ritual actions are necessary for like the grace actually to be to be given. So that they're not just a sign, they're not just something that points to it, mm-hmm. but there's something that that actually like communicates it in a, in a true and like a, a serious way. Um, what's this is different from kind of let's say like main i'm going to call it like non-denominational protestantism i would say most places that you'll go you'll encounter something kind of akin to this that baptism is a sign that everyone should should receive because christ commanded it there's there's you know no kind of question of that that's it's clearly put in the scriptures but that but that it's kind of more like a wedding ring is the analogy i've heard than it is like the marriage Mm -hmm. right So, so like 
Um, <laughs> actually at a Protestant camp I worked at one time, they, we were teaching that to kids and, and I, I walked outside. Uh, but, <laughs> but there's this idea, right, that, that like baptism is like a sign and it's a good sign and it's a sign that's beautiful, but that it actually doesn't do anything objectively to change the, the, the actual status of the person. It doesn't, and you know, in the Catholic view, we believe that baptism actually is the transformation from the old man or the old woman who, who is subject, right, to the original sin of Adam and Eve, who's subject to this broken nature, um, the transformation of that into new life that now is no longer subject to slavery. Now, again, and I, I talked about this afterwards with someone last night, this doesn't mean that we don't have sinful inclinations. In fact, St. Augustine famously um, coined these sinful inclinations post-baptism as concupiscence, right, the... The, the the natural inclinations of the body and of the flesh and of, of the spirit towards sin. Um, but it, but there's a difference and there's a profound difference between the inclination versus like an absolute slavery that, that our forefathers and foremothers experienced prior to the coming of the Christ. So in, in short, that's kind of the, the distinction, mm-hmm. right? The difference of sign versus instrument. Yeah. Um, mm. Gosh, that's so interesting. I, I think... Yeah, it, it just seems in so many ways that like God's uh, God's plan for for salvation is just bigger than than we can really like imagine or, yes. or contemplate. It's just like it, it, it's difficult um, because it it seems like uh, it's we 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 want this um, ability to like uh, to put confines around God's mercy of like it, it happens in this moment and when you proclaim this this means X, Y, or Z for a lifetime and it, nothing can ever change. Um, or if you're if like, some denominations are like, if, if you're not a member of this church, then you will go to hell, right? We, we try to like put confines on God's mercy and it seems like the, the Catholic understanding is just like so, yeah, so elaborate, like and so like deep mm-hmm. and complex and, yeah. um, and beautiful. Um, yeah, that's really, really good. Uh, I think one one thing I'm I'm thinking about when it comes to to faith and works, right? So uh, an, another big uh, kind of question mark, and maybe this will be our, our last one as we wrap up with time. But uh, we talk about salvation uh, beginning in this life, and and beginning uh, with baptism, and, and beginning with that the proclamation of Jesus Lord, and beginning with the the fruits of of work, and beginning with the work of the Holy Spirit within our hearts to sanctify us and to reveal sin and truth to us. Um, and so it's it's ongoing, and then and then there's the the moment of death, and then in some instances it would continue to be ongoing. And so let's talk about let's talk about purgatory uh, just a little bit, and and maybe the the role of purgatory and salvation just to to answer some some questions there. What what are some thoughts that come to mind with with purgatory and how you understand it? Yeah yeah yeah. Um, <clears throat> so this is going to be not a great explanation, but I'm trying my best. So one of the interesting things about purgatory. Is that it? It, it kind of makes sense if if you have a, a view of salvation that it is this like one time declaration, right in the moment of acceptance of God's grace that covers you the rest of your life. Purgatory is not logically compatible with that view. Which so it, so if we're you know starting the argument, I often have had uh, Protestants, brothers and sisters in my fraternity or different places who come up to me and like, what's the word on purgatory? I'm like, I don't even want to talk about this with you right now, because yeah. like I would rather like start at the beginning, the that's, foundations. That's great right? It's like arguing like the second or third conclusion that comes from a different starting point, right? Mm -hmm. So let's, presuming the kind of the thought of purgatory is this, right? So, so Christ and his mission is complete 
freedom from the slavery to sin and complete conformity to his nature. And that is what heaven is, right? When we're, re, we're reunited with God in the beatific vision where we're able to be with God as he is because he's completely purged out of us all of the sin, all of the messiness, all of these things, right? So that we're completely purified. We're, we're washed white in the blood of the lamb um, and, and, our, and our souls are perfected in his nature. Um, what this means is that if you think about like God, right? So God, this is kind of an audacious claim to say that God's going to welcome us into his divine life, into his own blessed like presence, because like from the beginning of all eternity, God simply is like, be, be, you know, before, you know, that's, that's how he revealed himself to, to the Israelites, you know, before, before you were like, I am, um, you know, it's just, that's this all, all present, all, um, encompassing presence that, that, that is, yeah, that's eternal, right? And so that where, and God and like in its nature, as much as we can understand who God is in its nature, in his nature, all right? Um, one of the most important characteristics is that he's immutable. So we'd say like he can't be changed. Um, and, and also, right, if, if he's the source of all goodness, that within his own life, there cannot be evil. There cannot be any presence of, 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 of sin or shame or like these kind of weights or burdens, right? Because it's not who he is. So again, if we understand the audaciousness of the claim that God wants to welcome us into his own blessed life, like we're not just like living in a, you know, a dope pad and in, in, in the sky like one day, but it's actually like the very presence of God, like we're, that we're welcomed into, then it means that we have to enter in, in a place where there's no longer the stain of sinfulness, or there's no longer any sort of, of imperfection within us, right? Just as much as you look at a fire that purges with, with white hot heat, like the imperfections of a metal or of some substance, this is kind of what we imagine. We imagine the Christian journey here. Right, and if, and if that end hasn't been accomplished in this life, then it's continued in what we call purgatory. Yeah. So it's just the idea that after we die, if we still have not the eternal consequences of sin, right, because we we died in a state of grace, and like God is like, you know, we, we trusted in His mercy, and we we received the sacraments, and all these yeah. different things that we could talk about more. Um, that God is continuing the work of purging those parts of us that are still disordered, still like desiring evil, um, and and renewing us from the interior through this, this process of what we call purgatory. Um, again, so, so it, the purgatory exists, right? Is this reality of like God's love and his plan to not like leave any part of us untouched so that we can enjoy his own presence itself. And so that heaven, right, is uncorrupted for all of eternity because it is just the all goodness and nothing, nothing that is impure can enter into it. Right. If that, if that kind of makes sense. So that's my three yeah. minute, I think yes. I'm looking at the clock, like three minute explanation of like yeah. what purgatory is and why we as Catholics believe it's thing. There are specific scripture verses we can refer to, um, that, that allude to it. They don't obviously say the word purgatory, but there are specific scripture verses where they talk about like a man's work being burned up, um, through fire, mm-hmm. but like saying like, but if he doesn't, I'm trying. I'll have, to, I'll have to go back. Maybe I can put it in the show notes afterwards. But there's a specific verse I was reading when I was preparing for this talk about purgatory. That's like ah, that kind of sounds a lot like yeah, what we call purgatory. purgatory. So, so, so purgatory wouldn't wouldn't then just be as some people understand it, just like this meaningless suffering in in this quasi hellish place. It's kind of in between heaven and hell. But would but would what it would be not just this neutral place of suffering, but it'd be a continuation of God's loving desire as a father to unite us to Himself. Um, beautiful beautiful dude thank you so much um that's really really good i think this is a great summary uh and a great way to 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 culminate everything we were talking about last night really good trevor i appreciate you and and thank you guys for listening i hope you enjoyed this week's episode stay tuned for this month's series on apologetics
to be able to explain and to understand the faith. God bless you. Welcome to the Sooner Catholic Podcast. That's kind of fast. I'm going to slow down a little bit. <clears throat> this is for you, Chris. Well, Shout out. We, we tried one take. <laughs> we can make it again. Come on. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And if you're still listening and you're listening to this in your car or whatever you listen to this, if you can just stop and pray one Hail Mary for me and for Mackenzie and for our baby, that would be much appreciated. Thanks, y'all. God bless.